Tyler Smiley. And I'm John Morrison. And this is the Rooted and Grounded Podcast. Rooted and Grounded creates theological content to grow their church and our knowledge of God in order that we would grow in our love for Him and for our neighbor. Check out more at rootedandgrounded.co. Good to be back. Here we are. Still distancing. Still distancing. Look who we have here. And look who we have joining us here. The one and only Robert Puckett. What's up, guys? Hey, Rob. Welcome. (laughs) Good to see y'all. Thanks for joining us, man. Absolutely. I'm glad I could carve out time to hang out with you guys for a little bit via Zoom. Tell me. They're not a they're not a sponsor. Hey, Robert, they're not a sponsor yet of the podcast. So uh, we actually don't officially mention them by name until they start paying for that. All right. I hear you. You know, currently we're paying for the privilege to use their their product. I would like to see a little, you know, compensation for the I think the amount of good press we're giving them with this podcast. Yes, I think so. I think uh, thousands will be joining very shortly. Largely based on probably, just these next 20 minutes. Yes. Probably because of our podcast, the word is going to spread like crazy. We yeah. easily have two to three listeners, I think, every week. So it's good. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a healthy oak tree. You know, there's roots just dig deep and go out and growth occurs. So, And 100 years from now, we'll be very tall. Yeah. So it takes 80 years to grow an oak tree. It takes a month to grow a squash. You know, what do you guys want to be an oak tree or a squash? So I'd like to be an oak tree. Okay. If those are my options, I'm going with oak tree. (laughs) (laughs) I had a squash plant one time. Is it a, is it a plant or a bush? Uh, it would be a plant. Okay. I had a squash plant one time. Do you know how much squash one plant produces each season? I do not. It, it's an absurd amount. I mean, it is so much squash. I mean, we were we were roasting squash. We were we were grilling squash. We put squash in the oven. We put squash in right. I mean, we like. I can't eat any more of this. So it was just slow down. And just to clarify, this was one plant. This was not multiple squash plants. Oh, one plant was just cranking out squash by the boatloads. Well, I bet you had prepared a good soil bed. That's why you experienced so much growth. That's probably talking about ministry or squash. I'm confused. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Rob, tell us what it's been like on your end navigating this coronavirus and social distancing and. What's life been like for you the last couple of weeks? Yeah, great question. Uh, I'm like everybody else. I'm trying to figure out what the what the new normal is because um, you know, as of two weeks ago, we were busy with caring for people and calling and praying and meeting with a lot of people in uh, group life, Sunday school classes, small groups, community groups at home, discipleship, mentoring, coaching, the world of missions great staff we have here at Lakewood Baptist Church and uh, people in our community as well. So it, uh, I think in, you know, as of two weeks ago, it's like, oh, wow, what do we do now? But I'm so grateful the the solution started coming for us pretty quick. So it's just a different means of meeting together, but 
tell you what, my calendar is just as full or maybe even fuller with uh, FaceTime and various means of uh, videoing, staying connected with staff as well as friends. Uh, met with a group of guys, business owners this morning via, uh, you know, media chat, videoing and just staying connected, listening well, uh, trying to ask some good questions and then being very prayerful, uh, being very intentional with prayer, praying for mm -hmm. one another. So uh, I know, I know it's different. I know it's creating some angst amongst ourselves as well as our community and world, but man, there is still so many great opportunities to care for each other and bring glory to God. So. Yeah. What's the, I mean, obviously doing things through video conferencing is not as good as being there in person, right? Our, our podcast right now would be so much better if we were all sitting in the same room, but what, I mean, what's it been like trying to use that as a tool? Have, has it been effective for you? Have you been able to really keep up and stay in touch with folks? Well, I've been accused the last two weeks of being like really a, a techie, which I would never call Robert Puckett a techie. <laughs> And a gearhead. So I think John wants to weigh in on that. I would say you're definitely a gearhead. I mean, we are the same in that regard. We like stuff. We like gear. And I think this is just a outflow of your gearheadedness. Yeah. So I've been using some of these formats a little bit in the past, but definitely relied on face-to-face -face meetings, same room meetings uh, at church, coffee shops or businesses. But um, you know, the tools that are available are still allowing for that, although it is different. Not as good, for sure, mm -hmm. for our church and our small groups that meet in person. But, you know, a Sunday night was uh, working with, you know, a community group, about 14 people. And we had to learn to – it's caused me – this is kind of interesting. It's caused me to really listen maybe better than I listened before. Uh, because when you got that many people on the line, you have to kind of sit back and just kind of wait. So. Uh, yeah, it's even changed some of the conversational skills that we have, but I think for the good for me anyway. So do you think, uh, do you think you'll keep using it afterwards? I mean, let, just fast forward a little bit. We're out of sort of the coronavirus thing and we're, I mean, is it, you think you'll still use that outlet to connect with folks? Uh, I, I see it as a possibility for definitely, um, you know, with the, the folks that we connect with abroad globally, it's a good feature. Um, with If some of our guys are busy and that has to work for a certain week instead of not meeting because you can't get all in person, I think it's going to be an additional tool that will not be a first choice, but definitely be a choice. So, um, yeah, I think, I think I will be using it more when we get back to how things work. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, one of the things we had started talking about probably a month or so ago, which is just the timing of that, this is amazing, that about a month or so ago, you really started to focus uh, us as a staff on how to equip our, our families for family worship, family discipleship, which is pretty amazing because right now, I mean, that's sort of what you have to do as a family. Uh, within those who are whoever's in your home that's who you get to be with and try to disciple and and gather and read scripture and what all what all that is so tell us about what sparked that in your 
mind and maybe some personal examples that as you, you have implemented this over the years? Yeah. So it's, it's a great question. And of course, you know, it's, it's all God's grace and God's timing. Um, family worship been on some of our hearts for a lot of years and some of us have been able to be part of that growing up. Some of us, maybe not so much. Um, some of us, my, you know, middle age, as well as younger age, like y'all have been, we've been talking that up and kind of catching up on conversations of how that's going. Uh, some intentionality, but, you know, not like a super structured intentionality about family worship. So I think it's important, you know, as a church, we have really encouraged homes to uh, seek the Lord, to know his word, uh, to even do that in community. We've also have tried over the years to encourage that to occur in the home. Um, so it can just, you know, assist the family as we go. But, but I guess a couple of months ago, it came a little more specific with, uh, a men's conference at, uh, a church in Athens. And then, uh, our core three, six conference, which you guys were so kind enough to let me have just a teaching part of that. And what was kind of on my heart that night for the church planners and us was the importance of gathering your family and being specific with the word intentional prayer and possibly even singing together as a family. So those kind of things had started rolling in. And then, as you know, we got a great opportunity to gather our some older staff and younger staff on Monday mornings to pray for each other and to learn together, to read good books that ventures many different places, marriage and theology and discipleship and mission. And uh, so, you know, three weeks ago, we started looking at a book called Family Worship, a little book and being a little more intentional. So I think in God's sovereignty and God's timing, he was preparing us as leaders to be a little more mm. focused together to then help our people be more focused at home. And the beauty of this is not a, you know, it's driven by the Lord, by his word, by us as a, as a staff, uh, the conversations are occurring in, in missions and discipleship and children's ministry and youth ministry through fusion. So it's just, you know, it's just really cool what God God has put together and the way he's been looking after us to care for our own homes, but then also as pastors to give leadership for others, those that are newer to a family environment, as well as those that maybe have been doing it for a while. So if someone's out there listening to this and they've never really led their family in a, in a devotional or discipleship or any kind of singing or worship or anything like this, where would they start? Yeah. So I would encourage them to start um, simply by uh, looking at, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, age appropriate uh, gatherings. If you have smaller kids, uh, shorter passages are good to read. Um, several children's Bibles with pictures are helpful as long as they stay true to the scriptures and it's not, you know, taken out of context. So those are helpful because kids learn through us reading to them as well as seeing pictures. Uh, so there's so many different resources out there for that. So age appropriateness, small kids, you know, the hardest part of it for me when our kids were small was being intentional, uh, getting off work from the sheriff's department or in ministry at working at Lakewood and being intentional to create that environment. I really feel uh, in our homes, you know, for spiritual leadership that we got to be intentional in creating those environments. So gathering the people sometimes was the hardest part. So picking a couple times a week and let it grow, but you just gather, turn off the TVs, set cell phones in the other room, 
and gather your kids to read uh, the Word of God. So if they're small, you know, age-appropriate passages as they get older, older elementary age, uh, the church as a whole has been doing Wisdom 2020 this year, so just focusing on one chapter a day, five days a week, uh, and working through that and asking good questions. So uh, gathering is a part of that, reading the Word of God, asking each other within the family, how can I pray for you? And then empowering your family to pray for each other. And that can happen at various ages. And then a newer thing that we didn't do a whole lot of when the kids were growing up, maybe we've done it more since they've been older is, is uh, singing and either getting a Baptist hymnal and learning some hymns together or uh, somebody pulling something off of, uh, you know, prime music or, Spotify to, to do a worship song together. So mm-hmm. doesn't have to take a lot of time and it's creating a rhythm at home that can be helpful. And as our kids get older, they'll never forget those memories of being gathered together, the TV being off and yeah. uh, spending time together as a family. You get, you got a song that you like to sing? Uh, I like to say a song I like to sing. Amazing Grace is good. You know, all, all stands go to. Yes, yeah. all stanzas, all stanzas, not just not just first and third, but um. <laughs> uh, so yeah, t- Tyler, how would you like it if someone just read your first and third chapters and didn't read all the chapters of your dissertation? Yeah, well, they're just all so good that I wouldn't want them to miss out. But then on are the we, other, are hand, we talking about the stanzas or your dissertation? <laughs> Then on the other hand, the dissertation chapters are just not that interesting. So, you know, it may be better just to read the first and last, actually. Yeah. Maybe not the best example there. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I do want to mention, though, in, in talking about gathering at home, and, you know, sometimes it's hard. It's hard for me, and I know others, too, to start something you never maybe have done before, but there's no shame and guilt in that because we need to be lifelong learners and continue to learn how to do things. So, you know, if you're out there and you're kind of stuck with that, love the idea, but not sure how to put feet to it, please feel free to reach out to Tyler, John, or I, various staff members. Uh, and we can just kind of create an on-ramp that it can create a, an ongoing process. So it doesn't have to be difficult. Uh, there are obviously is factors or speed bumps in there, out there or barriers that make this hard. Sometimes we're fatigued. Uh, maybe sometimes like me, I've used all my words by four o'clock and, uh, you got to find the reserve at home. So, but it is doable. Just want to encourage people to look for that and then, you know, get somebody to help you along the way to, to carry the pack with you. So as you're leading your family. All right, Robert, you love to read. So I was wondering if you could tell us outside the Bible, most influential book in your life. Oh, and why? Wow. That, you know, that's kind of like, I love the question, first of all, but that's kind of like asking somebody, what is your favorite movie? You know, oh, like can we name yeah. one movie, like if somebody asked yes. me my favorite movie. I want to name like five movies. So, okay. Uh, hang on a second. Hang on a second. John, you have like an immediate answer to that. To favorite movie. Yeah. Yeah. Chariots of fire. That's John's oh. favorite movie. Yeah. You don't have okay. multiple movies. No, favorite is a singular category. That is, yeah, that is I have this <laughs> argument with my wife sometimes. We'll talk about best friend. And she's like, best is a category. I said, like, no, no, that's not the way the word works. But if somebody were to ask you that question, would you solely think about Chariots of Fire or would you think about multiple movies? Uh, 
I would use that. That would be my answer. And then I could subdivide it into categories. So I could think through different genres, but that would be my, that would be my answer. Yeah. Okay. So is it wrong to say like my second favorite or my almost favorite movies? No. It has to be just one. There's no wrong answer. In this, in That's this, why I love having Robert on here. Because, you know, at 54, you can think about multiple books have been important over a long period of time. You guys don't quite have that luxury yet. But I can yeah. think of books, uh, you know, years ago. Uh, it was more of a study than a but it's now in book form. Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. I mean, that was just, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, it gave me a language to think about you know, serving God the rest of your life, seeing where he's working, making adjustments in your life. And instead of asking God, Hey God, what's your will for my life? You say, God, what is your will? Learn your will through his word. And then you make mm -hmm. adjustments and join him. So that was powerful in the early years. Uh, last few years, I've really enjoyed reading a lot of Tim Keller's books, uh, prodigal God. Um, that's been great. Uh, J.I. Packer book is Knowing God. I don't know that I've ever completely read that, but I have picked that up mm -hmm. to start it more times than probably any other book, and I love it. I actually love listening to it more on Audible than I do reading. Uh, so it's been a great long-distance driving book to listen to on Audible. Um, so those have been a few. Um, so I do enjoy reading. But I think that's, I mean, that's a, a fair answer that there, you're just, so, you can look back on life and say, you know, at this stage, this was a really important book for me. Right. At this stage, this was really important. I think that's fair. So what's on, uh, what's on the book stand right now? What are you reading? Uh, Prodigal God, finishing that, discussing that. Um, Keller wrote a recent book or it's actually an older book, but it's regaining popularity. And I'm going to butcher the title, but it's about knowing the gospel. And he looks at it through the lens of uh, being exiles. And what do we do in the city? Do we, you know, uh, set up the guard and, you know, don't engage the city. Do we just totally become culturally relevant to everybody? Keller's point is you become salt and light. How about that? You know, reading through Matthew, you become salt and light within that city. You don't conform to culture, nor do you safeguard and don't do any outreach and proclaiming. So uh, interesting on that book, actually my college age daughter was wanting for her and I to look at that a little more in detail. So excited about that. So 24, 22 years old, still having those conversations. So it's important. Well, Robert, you've been so gracious to give us uh, loads of your time. I know you got a million things going on right now. So uh, we're going to let you go. But thank you for joining us, helping us out, leading us, guiding us, helping us through this time. And uh, can't wait to see you again in person, man. Like closer <laughs> than six feet away. I know. Absolutely. So I appreciate right. you guys. Uh, just to give a shout out to the staff at Lakewood, we're working really hard to be creative and supportive of each other during this time, as well as caring for our church and uh, caring for those leaders within the community to care for their people, their employees, as well as their uh, people in their world. So just want to encourage the church as a whole. This is a great, difficult time. We're having to learn to do some things differently, but my heart is just so full with opportunities we have to make much of Jesus and care for others, encourage them with prayer and his word. So, 
uh, you know, we're figuring this out. So Amen. thank you all Amen. for making this time available. Thanks, all right, Robert. Robert. Thanks so much for your time. We'll talk to you Bye-bye. soon. Bye-bye. See you.